come and speak after an awesome time of worship. I just want to let you guys know that I'm really, really grateful for Pastor Aldo yes. and Pastor Vanessa. They have uh, really been helping me and my wife out with the transition. Uh, they have a servant heart and they're committed committed to Christ and they surrender their lives to Jesus and I appreciate that brother give it up for Pastor Aldo praise God are you going to sing? are you going to sing? when I think about Jesus no I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sing. Not not today. Not tonight. <clears throat> Let's not push my luck, man. Uh, I wanted to speak to you guys a message tonight that I've entitled. It's all about love. Everybody say love. Yeah. All right, good. I like that. I like that. If you guys would turn turn your Bibles with me to John, chapter thirteen. And we're going to read uh, from verses 34 to 35. And if you got the right Bible, it'll be in red. If you don't have a Bible, yeah, as a Christian, you might want to think about investing in a Bible or asking your parents for a Bible. Ow. Avalon Christian Bookstore. We're going to be there tomorrow for, that's right, 30% off for uh, church members. All right. It says here, a new commandment, this is Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all, how many? All. All will know that you are whose disciples? His disciples, right? My disciples. If you have love for one another. So Jesus commands us here to have love, right? To show love to our brothers, right? To one another. Amen. Amen. Isn't that what he said? That's right. Right? That's what he said, right? Okay, so what is love? We hear that thrown around all the time. Oh, I love my car. Okay, well, is that the same love that we have for God? Probably not. Is that the same love God has for us? Uh, not really. Okay. Uh, we have sometimes we have, you know, love between, you know, husband and wife. Okay? That's a little bit deeper, right? A little bit of deeper love, but this is not the type of love that we're talking about today. So what is love? Well, if we turn to first John, and I'm gonna be short tonight. Y'all should have gotten excited about that, man. Jeez, getting out early. First John. That's one of the little books. First John chapter four and verse ten. And the Apostle John, who wrote this book, says, In this is love. Not that we have loved, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation. For our sins. Basically, he sent his son to cancel our sin debt. 
So if he sent his son, and now we know, we, we're familiar with the scripture, right? God is, what is God? God is love, right? So God is love. Okay, so let me ask you a question because, you know, people might say, oh, I love this and I love that, right? Okay. Now, can you really love somebody else if you do not have love within yourself? Not truly. Truly, you can't love. Why? Because love is not in you. Right? Everybody with me so far? Okay. So if you say you love somebody else, you can't truly love that person unless you have the love that God deposits in us. Why? Because the love that we have is conditional. It's not unconditional. If I say I love, you know, my wife, let's just say, right? And let's say she goes and she gets with somebody else. Okay, that love is cut off, right? Why? Because it's conditional. I expect her that, you know, when I pour love into her, that she reciprocates that love, right? Okay. Let's say, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, right? Say they love each other. Oh, man, I do whatever for you. You know what I'm saying? But negative, right? They go ahead and cut you deep or you cut them deep, and it's done. It's conditional, And you know what? In a sense, that is selfish. Why? Because you love, not because just to love for love's sake. You love to get love back. So you're doing something, expecting something in return. So you're not doing it for that other person. You're, in essence, doing it for yourself. Right? Are you all with me so far? I got some blank faces, some nodding. Okay, all right. So... The love that we're talking about here is not conditional love, but it is unconditional love. Another thing, this love that we're talking about, this godly love, is sacrificial. Why? Well, it's sacrificial because God, Jesus, loved us so much that even, the Bible says, even while we were yet enemies, right? Remember that? You guys remember it if you all were here from the beginning. We talked about the holy nation, right? And we talked about the sinful nation, Right? Okay, well, if you're on the sinful nation, that means that you're an enemy of God, right? Fellowship with the world is enmity with God, right? So you're God's enemy. And while we were yet enemies, Jesus died for you. Sacrificial love. Because you know what? He said, okay, I know that they hate me now, but you know what? I'm going to give them a chance to love me. And that's love. He poured out love, not expecting you to love him back, but hoping that you would make the decision to love him back. Does that make sense? Okay, sacrificial. It hurts. Sometimes I don't want to do chores in my house. Sometimes I don't want to wash the dishes. Sometimes I don't want to take out the trash. Other times I don't want to bathe the baby. Sometimes I don't want to do that. Sometimes, you know what, I don't want to pick up the table. I don't want to do it. Sometimes I don't want to mop and sweep the floor. I don't want to do it. Sometimes I don't want to wash clothes. And fold and put them away. Right? I know sometimes when your parents ask you to do things, you're like, mm. Can you wash them? Just, mm. I'm watching TV. Can you clean your, mm. No, I'm doing something else. I'm playing video games. Hey, can you take out the trash before you? No, I'm late. I got to go. 
They waiting for me. The movie starts at 9.30, so I got to go. Sorry. Sacrificial love. Sacrificial love says this. I know what I want to do, but I'm going to forgo what I want to do, and I'm going to go ahead and do what you need me to do. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do that for you. Well, you know what? We had sin debt, and we couldn't do nothing about it. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice myself for them. They need it. I don't. Jesus didn't need forgiveness. Jesus lived the perfect life. Jesus didn't need to die. He didn't do anything wrong. We did. Sacrificial love. So we know that the love of God is two things. We know that it is unconditional, and we know that it is sacrificial. And we also know that we ourselves cannot truly love unless we have the love of God in us. Amen? Amen. You with me so far? Okay. All right. So that begs the question, who should we love? Should we love the people that love us? Well, yeah, but it goes a little bit further than that. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verses 37 through 39. And this is again Jesus speaking, right? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Did it say some of your heart? Did it say some? No? Did it say like half of it? Okay, so why we love half-hearted? I know, I know. That, I know you don't want to hear that. I know you want to hear that. And notice I said we, right? Because I'm in that too. Sometimes, you know what? I, I slack a lot. It happens. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Well, what do you mean the second is like it? Well, the second is, you know what? It's just as important. It's just as important. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Basically, you can fit the Ten Commandments into these categories. The vertical love and the horizontal love. The love that I have for God and the love that I have for my fellow man. Okay? Y'all with me so far? Got it? Okay. Okay, so I need to love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. Right? So in order for me to do that, I need to, be, I need to make sure that I'm in his word. Why? Because the thing is, is that apart from his word, our minds are not being renewed, right? Remember, we are saved, we're being saved, and we're going to be saved. What do I mean? When we are saved, right, our spirit, our connection with God is woken up. Our spirit man brought to life, right? Now our soul is being saved. We're being made holy. We're in this process of salvation, right? The things that I did last year, I shouldn't be doing this year. The sins that I was committing last year, I shouldn't be committing this year. The sins that kept tripping me up last year shouldn't be the same ones that are tripping me up this year, right? And then when Jesus comes, 
what is corruptible, this flesh, will be transformed, right, into incorruptible. We're going to get new bodies, glorified bodies, and we're going to be looking nice, right? Okay. So we're saved, we're being saved, and we're going to be saved. So the being saved portion, the renewing of our mind, the Bible tells us, right, the sanctification process, the Bible tells us that we need to renew our mind, right, by the word. But if we're not having a daily intake with the word, right, then things start to kind of break down. Okay, let's, let, let's, let's go ahead and kind of bring it, bring it to the, that, that's the spiritual side. Let's go ahead and bring it to, you know, the carnal side. If you don't bathe every day, y'all know what happens, right? Okay, y'all know what happens. Nobody wants to be around you. You stank. stank. Same thing happens when your mind is not being renewed. The characteristics, you're, you're more fleshly. So you're more apt to, you know, oh, a little curse word just slipped out. Oh, a little, you know, something, something. I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to look, but, you know, I looked anyway. So we start seeing, and the process goes downhill from there. And it's a slippery slope. And that is why we need to renew our minds daily. By the study of the word, not just and not just sit down and let me read a scripture, but meditating on the word, thinking about it. You know, meditation. Meditation is kind of like this. Um, y'all ever see? Um, y'all ever see that commercial where the guy is chewing gum? He's talking on the phone. All of a sudden, he gets hit with a ram, spit it out already. What is it? Strike, strike gum or something like that. Some, something like that. Okay, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like you're chewing on it, 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 okay? You're chewing on it, right? Consistently. It never gets old because the Word of God never gets old. There are things that I read when I was a little kid that now I read now, and it's totally different, and it just blows your mind. That's just how God's Word is. That is what's so awesome about God. It is. I was talking yesterday with... Um, with a group of, of people that they get together at my house on Thursday, every other Thursday, and I was saying, I was saying, you know what? It's awesome that we can't understand certain things in the Word, and they're like, what? And I say, yeah, because think about it. If you could understand everything that was in the Word, you'd you'd arrive, right? It's kind of like mastering something. You know, okay, well you're the master. Well, there's no other level to go to. Kind of like when you when you play your video games, right? You get to the last level, you beat it, you're like. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But God, with God, there's always another level. There is always another secret passage, always another avenue, always some other. Just Right when you think you've reached bottom, there's more. You're just scratching the surface. And this is the thing. And this is why it becomes so awesome. But the thing is, is if we're not chewing on the word of God, if we're not thinking about it, we're not meditating on it, our minds aren't being renewed and God can't speak to us. The way that he wants to speak to us. Sometimes you got to go ahead and slap us in, uh, upside the head. Sometimes God wants to speak to you, but you're so hard-headed, you're not listening, you're not chewing on the word, that then he has to go ahead and take you through a trial, you know? And then you're like, oh, God, where are you? You know, and then, then really you're on your knees praying, asking God, Lord, help me through. You know, give me, give me some word. You look at, you're like doing the holy flip. God, okay, give me some scripture. What, what do I... Come on, man. You got to go ahead and be in this daily. And the other thing is this, is that it's not just for our renewing, but it's also so that we would, we would write 
God's word on the tablets of our heart. What does that mean? What, I, what it means is this, is that, okay, when, when you're always in the word, it becomes second nature to you. So then when you're walking around, you know, doing your thing, scriptures start popping up as situations arise. You know what to do. You know how to say no. When, do you think that when the enemy was tempting Jesus, Jesus wasn't walking around the desert with some scroll, you know, talk about, hold on a second, devil. Let me go ahead and look it up in my concordance so I can find an answer for you. He wasn't doing that. But the thing is that Jesus wasn't born that way. Jesus also studied the scripture. He also, he grew, as he grew in stature, he also grew in wisdom, the Bible tells us. Why? Because he dedicated himself to studying in the word. So that when the enemy would come to attack, he has something to say. But sometimes the enemy comes to attack in our lives. What you got to say? Nothing. You ain't got nothing to say. So what happens? The enemy steals your victory. The victory is yours. The battle's already won. Jesus already did it. But it's because of lack of study, lack of, lack of being in the word, that the enemy gets the best of us. It happens. It happens. But it doesn't have to happen. If we love God, then we will study his word. Just so, just so that we could be scholars? No. We'll study his word so that we'll obey his word. And that's how we show that we love him, by obeying his word. So in the vertical relationship, the way that we show love to God is by obeying his word. But if you don't know what the word says, how, how can you obey? It's kind of like, yo, you're going to school and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, let's say there's a dress code, and nobody gave you the, the, the student handbook, and so you come up in there with shorts, you know, little wife beater on, you know, some flip-flops, and you're like, what up? I'm here. And then everybody else is wearing their uniform, right? White shirt, maybe blue tie, blue pants, and dark shoes. And you're like, yo, well, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a dress code. What happened? You didn't get the student handbook? But you didn't, you didn't read the book? See, but the thing is, is this, is that God has given us the handbook, right? God has given us the handbook. And it's up to us to open the handbook, to read, to study, to see what he wants from us. It's not just, you know, you can't sleep on a night, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord Jesus, just, you know, let me dream about your word. And as I lay it on my head, dear God, let the words just spill into my mind. I don't think it's going to work, man. I really don't. I really don't think it's going to work. But what I do know works is being diligent about the word and obeying the word. You know what? You're not going to know everything, but do you know more now than you did last year? the year before that? And if the answer is no, then what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you changing that or are you like, ah, whatever? No big deal. I'll get around to it when I get around to it. Maybe when I'm older. Yeah, when I'm older. Well, you know what happens sometimes? This is sad, but it's reality. I was, uh, I was driving down, um, going to school, 
and uh, and I saw, you know, how on the back of some people's, you know, trucks or vehicles or whatever, they got little stickers say, in loving memory of so-and-so. And I saw one, uh, I saw one the other day when I was driving to school, and uh, and I was I was sitting there and I was like, man, just calculating calculating the uh, the years. Fifteen years old. Died in like 2008 last year. I was like, man. I remember when I was 15. Ooh. Not good. Not good. Riding the fence. So this is very real. This is very real. And the thing is, is that I know when you're young, believe me, because when I was young, I thought the same way. I was like, man, I got a mad time. Yo, I can get serious later. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But the thing is, is that we don't know how much time we have been given by God. Only God knows that. The question is, what are you doing with your time? Are you showing God love? Really, are you? How should we love our neighbor? Jesus loved like this. If we turn, uh, turn with me to John 15. Twelve through thirteen. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So again, you know, God is saying, hey, that you love one another, right? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's hot, right? That sounds so poetic. <laughs> to lay my life down for my friends. Let me tell you a little something. When I was, when I was reading this, I was like, man, lay, lay his life down. Okay, I know Jesus laid his life down, literally, for me. Why? Because, you know, every, every few Sundays, you know, when the, wor- when the worship team comes up, you know, with, with that song, I am a friend of God, right? He calls me friend. He died for me. Okay, we all have a social life, right? Social status, you know. Some people are the, you know, the jocks. Some people are, you know, the cheerleaders. Some people are, you know, the, this is, you know, the, the cool guy in school, you know. This is, you know, you've got status among your friends. Status among your friends. So are you willing to lay that status down for the sake of Christ? who laid his life down for you. What do I mean? What I mean is this. Young people, it's not popular to talk about Jesus. It really isn't. To argue with your friends or even to present the gospel. And you know what? There should be a difference between those in the world and us. Amen? There should be some type of difference, right? That we, should, we shouldn't be exactly the same. You should be able to go ahead and tell, tell them apart. You know, I, I was this week... This past week, uh, I was detailing cars, you know, and um, after after um, after detailing one day, I went to go play ball with Nathan, right? And so we're playing ball or whatever, and it's hot outside. And so these guys, they come over, they're like, hey, can we play ball? You know, maybe like 15, 14, 15-year-old kids. I was like, yeah, man, I, you know, whatever. You know, my arm about to fall off. 
And so, you know, we're playing ball, right? And they're like, they're, you know, they're, they're playing ball. And, and all of a sudden, yo, it, it comes out. Like, I, I thought I was being bombarded, man. And they were dro dropping the F-bomb left and right, man. I was like, man, what's up with this? And I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe they're, I don't know, kids but from, the, from, from the way, you know? And then one of them gets a call on their cell phone, right? Their friend is on the, on the sideline, answers the phone, and says, uh, hey, man, it's your mom. Oh, oh, tell her, tell, her that, uh, tell her we're on the way to church. And then your boy, you know, in, in one of the plays, he's like, he's like, pastor, pastor, right? Talking to me. And uh, and then late and then you know a couple plays later he's like one of the guys was like oh blankety blank blank right and the other kid was like hey man shut up that guy's a pastor <laughs> and I'm like look man you ain't got to worry about me you got to worry about offending him now these are Christians church people where is the difference i don't see a difference do you from that small interaction we should be different in speech and the way that we act even on the basketball court because you know what you never know who's on the court with you number one but even greater than that god is always watching god is always listening and seeing what you're doing. We got to love young people. Got to lay our life down. In 1 John 2, 6. First John 2, 6. Says, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he, Jesus, walked. So if you call yourself a Christian, right, because Christian, little Christ, those who follow Christ, right, those who are disciples of Christ, there should be a difference in us. Why? Why? Because Jesus should be living in us. And if Jesus is living in us, then we should walk differently, not literally, you know, your stride, you know, but the way that you carry yourself, what you say, how you, how you talk to people, even how you joke around, you know. It should be different. It should be different. Your speech should edify and not tear down. You should want to build people up and not tear them down. Believe me, people go around Looking for somebody to lift them up. It's true. Sometimes you go around, and I'm, I, I know you see them in school, those kids that, you know, they're off by themselves in the corner, head down, chilling. Or off in the corner, sending a text message or something like that. You know, just off by themselves, you know. Who knows what's going on? You know, and a kind word goes a long way. A long way. You don't know what I'm telling you. I, I called I call this um this gentleman up the other day and um 
his uh his girl answering and he's like she's like uh she's like oh wait hold on let me go get him he's in the bathroom he was in the bathroom cutting himself you know she goes in she gives him the phone what are you doing with that and i'm like hey man you know i just wanted to call you man and oh i just wanted to call you man and tell you that i was thinking about you i was praying about you man and you know and just to let you know that god's got great plans for you so like crying on the phone man you know, you never know. Just a kind word. And this is a love that should be overflowing. Why? Because you've got Christ abiding in you. God is love, right? And if love abides in me, I can't help but love. I can't help it. I got to love. First Peter. The Apostle Peter talks to us about loving. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. We need to be passionate about loving one another. Let me tell you, when my brothers, my brothers and I, when we were coming up, we fight, you know what I'm saying? Punch each other, never in the face because, you know, then we get in trouble with my mom and dad. But we were going to punch each other, kick each other. You know, we used to play all kinds of games, man, just, you know, trying to beat each other down. But have somebody outside the family come over and mess with us. It'd be one thing for me to beat on my little brother, but for somebody else? Why? Because I loved him fervently. I would do whatever it takes, right, to make sure that he's all right. Don't mess with my little sister. I love her. You know what I'm saying? Fervently. And the thing is that we might have our differences that we should be working out, not just, you know, living with our differences. But you know what? If somebody talk, starts talking mess about your brother in Christ, you shouldn't just sit there and nod your head and agree and stuff. You'd be like, look, you know what? You need to cut that junk. I ain't trying to hear it. Don't be a sympathetic ear to that. And then you go and speak to your brother. Don't talk to somebody else. Yo, I heard that so-and-so was a... No, you go watch it. Look, if I hear something about Bobby, I'm going to be like, look, Bobby, this is what I heard, man. What's up? And then there should be that love where Bobby will be honest with me and be like, look, man, this is what's going on with that. All right. Well, you know what? You know, if it was not true, okay, it's not true. If it is true, be like, all right, well, yo, let's work on it. You know, work on it together. Work it out together. Shouldn't be something that's embarrassing, but we should be keeping each other accountable. Why? We'll get to that in a minute. Turn with me to Galatians. Or as Pastor Robert says, Galatians, like that. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Thank you. It says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Mm. How many of y'all love it when you're like sitting down and your mom brings you your food? 
She just love it. Okay, how about when somebody comes over in the restaurant, right? You ever go to a restaurant? Not not fast food, but like like sit down. Like carabas or something. That's tight, right? That you can sit down and somebody brings you the food. You ain't gotta go to the kitchen and be like, yo, uh, where's the food tray? Where where the plates at? Where do I get my fork? No, everything is there for you, right? We love to be served, right? I'm telling you, I love to be served. Let me I love going, you know, and taking and taking my car to the car wash. Why? Because I, I you know, I like it when it's clean and it's done and after everything is said and done, you know, it, it looks great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. But it's a lot of work. So if somebody offered to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to clean it for you. And I'm going to clean it. I'm going to clean it like you would clean it. Like, it. like if it was my own car. So then you come out, you're like, Oh, yo, it's looking decent. You know what I'm saying? Man, put that junk away. <laughs> it's looking decent, you know what I'm saying? And went ahead, oh, man, now, now the paint looking like glass. Boy, so smooth and nice. Tires shine, man. Good clay the car, man. Then go ahead and put a nice little coat of wax on it. You know what I'm saying? Got the rain X on the windshield. You know what I'm saying? Armor all the tires. The rims looking, whoa, I can't even look at it. It's so shiny. You know, inside is vacuum, smelling right. Love to be served. Right? Love it. But the thing is, is that we're supposed to walk like Christ walked, right? Isn't that what the Bible is? Isn't that what you, that's what we just, right, 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 right. Okay. So Jesus himself said, I came to serve and not to be served. Mm. How many of y'all are serving? How many of y'all are serving? With a pure heart. Not to get something in return, not to say, okay, you know what I'm saying? I'll serve you, but make sure you pay me my money. You know what I'm saying? And not just serve in, in, in doing things, but, you know, serve in, in, the, in the capacity of, hey, you know what? Maybe I just need encouragement from you. You're serving me that way. Maybe I just need a word of it. Maybe I just need help in being accountable. You're serving me in that. Maybe, you know, God has been speaking to you, and he's saying, you know what? I want you to tell Sister Amy X, Y, Z, you know, this scripture is for her. Go to her and be like, look, Sister Amy, God has been, you know, telling me, you know, to, to you know, give you this scripture, and so this scripture is for you, you know? That's serving. That's another part. But let's not, let, let's not get so spiritual that, you know, we can't help somebody, you know, rake some leaves, that we can't help in a car wash every now and again because they need help. That we can't help, you know, somebody clean out their garage. That we can't help around our house when our mom asks us to go ahead and take out the trash, to set the table, to clean the dishes, to clean our room. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We need to serve up in here. Amen? Not because your parents say so, even though your parents do say so. But because God himself didn't find it a small thing to serve, he found it to be a great thing to serve. So it's a privilege to serve. So every opportunity that you get, however big, however small, take that opportunity to serve. Amen? Amen. All right. So obviously, Jesus commanded it, and so we are to do it. Turn with me. This is the last scripture, and I'm I'm gonna I'm getting ready to close. 
Are y'all learning something tonight? Yeah? First John 3, 16 through 18. Yeah. Oh, man, I messed, I messed up. My little books got lost in here. All right. First John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Chapter 3. Right. Th there's no chapter 13, brother. Yeah, that's okay. Verse 16 through 18. And the word of the Lord says like this. Pay attention. By this, we know love. So this is kind of like a measuring stick as far as to know what love is. Because he, Christ, laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay our lives down. Ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Meaning if you can help somebody out, you have the ability, giving out of your abundance, and you don't do it, Bible says, how can you have love? How can you say you love if you can't do that? Greedy. Can't give nothing to nobody. Verse 18 says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. Because you know how it is. People tell you all day, hey, man, I love you, man. I love you. And I'm going to pray for you. Okay. And that's good. But if you can help out. Like, if you could volunteer, it might not be money. It might be your time. If you could say, you know what? I'm strong. I'm able. You know what I'm saying? And I got the time. I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm just going to be playing my video games and doing whatever. And you don't do it. You shut up your heart. How can you say you love? Verse 18. But in deed and in truth. So it's not just enough to say, oh, I love you, Brother Chad. I love you. But when he has a need and I'm able to do something about it, it is my duty and my privilege to say, brother, how can I serve you? What do you need me to do? You need help with, uh, man, look, if you're moving, call me up, man. Let me know what time. And, hey, I want, I want to help you out. Sister Amy, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You need me to go ahead and I don't know, I don't know what you need me to do, but if you need me to do something, you know what I'm saying? If your mom needs me to wash her car, you know what I'm saying, and detail it and make it look right, then I'll do it. Oh, I know. She's about to fall out in the Holy Ghost back there. If y'all seen her car, you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But you see, we shouldn't shy away from opportunities to, show, to, to serve each other because Jesus himself, the Son of God, walking up on this earth, did the most menial task. Let me tell you, what. before he said, love one another as I have loved you, before he said that scripture, you know what he did? He went ahead and disrobed, right? And he did the job of the lowest of the lowest servant in the house. The base servant, the lowest servant. You know what he would do? When the guests would come in, he would wash the feet. Now, you know, we wear shoes, clothes and shoes, socks and stuff like that. So it might not say, I mean, it might be a little stank. You know what I'm saying? But here's the difference. 
back then, when you used to walk around town, you know, there was sandals, right? You wearing sandals? Okay. We walk around in sandals. You know who else is walking around? Beasts of burden. So you got donkeys, and you got horses, and you got camels, and you got... So what do you think they leave behind? So you got some spackle <laughs> upon your shoes. So you understand why it's such a big deal for him to, the son of God, to come over and wash his disciples' feet. He said, you know what? I'm not too good to serve you in this way. I'm going to humble myself for you. And so, so many times we say, you know what? Nah, ma, I'm not. I'm not going to wash the dishes. Or you know what? I, I, don't, I don't feel like taking the trash out. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like serving in church. You know, oh, I know they need to go ahead and put away the tables or fold up the chairs. But you know what? If you're not willing to do a menial task like that, where is your love? If you say you love God and you love your brothers in Christ, but you don't express it, if you just express it with your mouth and not in deed, then the Bible says that we got to question your love. Come on and stand to your feet.